Hello and a very warm welcome back to the Fearless Finance Podcast. I've entitled this show, My Personal Pension Purgatory, mostly because I like alliteration, but also I wanted to share with you a personal story about my attempt to consolidate an old pension with a current one. So allow me to take you back a few decades to my first proper job on leaving school, which was with one of the large UK high street banks. And to give an indication of how long ago this was, my starting salary was the princely sum of £4,100. Now, one of the other benefits, in addition to this eye-watering salary, was a non-contributory pension scheme, which meant that my employer would pay into a pension for me without me having to do anything, or to my 18-year-old self, free money. I stayed with the bank around five years before leaving to go to university and ultimately pursuing a career in teaching. That's by the by, but my pension stayed frozen with the bank and available upon my retirement. As far as I was concerned, it was pretty insignificant considering the level of salary I was earning at the time, and so it quickly went to the back of my mind. Fast forward a decade or two, and I found myself at a reunion of ex-employees very few of which were still with the bank. The topic of pensions came up. It must have been a pretty dull party on reflection, but some of the staff had transferred their bank pension to either their new employers or to private scheme. Now this piqued my interest because A, I was curious what this now might be worth because others were talking six figures or more depending on the length of their service. Uh, B, I wanted to consolidate and simplify my finances and have everything under one roof and closer control. And C, there's an option, in the UK at least, to take some of your pension as a tax-free lump sum to do as you please with at age 55. So I began the process of finding out how much I had and whether it was possible to transfer. And it was a kind of a good news, bad news situation. I'll keep the numbers general but it seemed like the pension would pay me out around £2,000 a year on my retirement or had a transfer value of £100,000. Now, if someone retires at 65, they might expect to live for maybe another 20 years on average. So 20 years at £2,000 a year is, according to my maths, forty grand, which was considerably less than the £100,000 transfer value. And upon first glance, this seemed like a no-brainer. To transfer this to my private pension provider, or a SIP as it's known, uh, reinvest the money, or even withdraw some of the cash in due course to fund a property purchase. When the rules around personal pensions were reviewed back in 2015, the then pension secretary, Steve Webb, was famously quoted saying that that people could withdraw their pensions and blow it on a Lamborghini if they so wished. The thought of thousands of pensioners clogging up the streets of Eastbourne in their exotic sports cars might be amusing, but someone in authority soon twigged that Mr and Mrs Joe Public often lacked the financial skills or knowledge to make these decisions, and A, was likely to be ripped off by unscrupulous salesmen, or B, blow all their money and end up reliant on the state in their old age. So new rules were introduced requiring any pension transfer of 30000 or above to be signed off by a financial advisor. 
as I already had a SIP with a pension provider and was planning to transfer more funds to them, I thought they would be a good place to start. My SIP provider, who I won't name, were all too glad to help, but wanted upfront fees of nearly £5,000 just to investigate, plus a percentage of the transfer amounting to another £5,000. All in all, a fee of nearly ten grand to investigate what was to me a no-brainer and then add the money to my existing account. So somewhat unimpressed by this, to say the least, I researched other firms to provide the service. Several wanted fees at a similar level, while others wouldn't deal with me with what they described as a trivial amount. Now remember, we were talking about over £100,000 here, so I was certainly less than happy at that remark, to say the least. So put off by the fees and the attitude of some of these providers, and the fact there was no real urgency to act, I lost a bit of enthusiasm for the process, to be honest, and it went back to the back burner. By chance I visited again last summer, when, with a bit of free time during lockdown, I reviewed my life assurance policies and was able to get better cover for a lower premium. Happy days. Well, the advisor I spoke to asked if I had any other financial needs at the moment, and I recalled my frustration with the pension transfer process and asked for his thoughts. And he was able to refer me to a firm who specialised in transfers, and I began the process again. So my bank pension is what is known as a final salary or defined benefits scheme. This means that the amount it pays is related to how much I was earning on leaving the bank. And it's guaranteed regardless of stock market fluctuations or state of the economy, etc. And furthermore, it's index linked, so will increase in line with inflation, which is also a nice benefit to have. Now, under current regulations, advisors take the view that it's almost always a bad idea to transfer out of these schemes and lose these sought-after benefits. The somewhat lengthy and arduous process was as follows. Number one, fact-finding. What was my current financial situation and my plans for the future? Number two, referral to an advisor. Number three, decision in principle. Is it a good idea? Yes or no. Number four, if yes, I could proceed to a more detailed investigation known as full advice. And if no, I could walk away unscathed or opt to continue to full advice against their recommendation. Either way, at this point, fees will become chargeable, regardless of the outcome of this final advice. All right, so you're still with me? The decision in principle was negative. The advisor insisted that it was a bad idea to give up the guaranteed returns in favour of a higher degree of risk. Now, this was frustrating to me on several levels. One, I'm being charged significant fees for them to tell me something which we'd already discussed and I'd already discounted. Number two, it was still a no-brainer. £2,000 a year or £100,000 would mean that if I lived anything less than 50 years in retirement, I'd still be on the winning side. Number three, one of the advantages to me was the flexibility to withdraw some of the funds to invest in property, which is a viable option to diversify and certainly not a Lamborghini purchase. So, rather reluctantly, I agreed to pay the fees and proceed to the full advice. 
which in return for my several thousand pounds, I received a four page report telling me exactly the same thing. So now I'm faced with a choice. Did I roll over and accept this advice, take the financial loss on the chin and move on? Or could I seek to progress as what is known as an insistent client? Now, being pretty insistent most of the time, I chose door number two. So here we go again. I now had to write and explain for around the third time why I wanted to transfer the pension, what I would be giving up and what I planned to do with it. Next, I had a phone meeting and was interviewed or interrogated almost on guess what? Why I wanted to transfer the pension, what I was giving up and what I planned to do with it. Now, I understand compliance and the need to follow the rules, but for goodness sake. Anyway, after all that, they've recently and reluctantly agreed to process the transfer, to which I am relieved and not a little exhausted. But one final sting in the tail, remember my existing SIP pension provider, the one who holds an existing pension pot of mine to which I wanted to consolidate. Now, apparently they don't accept transfers of this sort. And now I need to find a new third party provider. Oh, for F's sake. So sometime soon, I'll need to transfer from one place to another and watch this space if more fees and interviews are required. So after all this, what did we learn from this pension period drama? Well, number one, defined benefits or final salary schemes are nice to have and in general should be held on to. Number two, not all financial planning firms are equal. Some don't want to help until you have serious money. Some don't want to help unless they can charge you hefty fees. Number three, transferring a pension is not for the faint-hearted and shouldn't be taken lightly. And I suppose that's a good thing for many. Thanks for joining me. I hope you found this useful or at least informative. And until next time, wherever I put my keys to the Lambo.